Welcome to the I Didn't Sign Up for This podcast. My name is Caitlin Nillis, and I'm a mom of two who loves keeping it real and talking about all the hard things in motherhood that no one else likes to. This podcast was created to help women feel seen and less alone through motherhood because at the end of the day, did any of us really know what we were signing up for? So let's dive into the conversation and help you feel less alone. The following episode mentions sensitive topics such as suicide and domestic violence that may be upsetting to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling with these issues, please seek support from a mental health professional or a helpline in your country. See the show notes for details. All right. So today on the podcast um, is my ex-husband, Cody, which is that's like still like such a weird word to say. Um because, I mean, you're obviously married for 10 years. But <laughs> anyway, um, I'm really excited for Cody to be on the podcast today. He is my first guest interview. Um, and I just felt like it was just like a very natural thing for him to be um, my first interview. Um, I think a lot of people are interested in our dynamic. Obviously, we're no longer married. Um, but we still have like a really great relationship where we co-parent really well. Um, he comes over to my house, um, we chat on the phone through Marco Polo, like all that good stuff. So people don't know a lot about you. Um, so I just wanted to bring you on the podcast, talk about your life. Um, just kind of get, let people get to know you. Um, so first, before we get into the interview, um, there is a disclaimer. Um, so this is not going to be a episode, um, or an interview on our relationship or why we got divorced, the problems that we had in our marriage. That's not what this podcast episode is going to be about. Um, But I still wanted to bring him on. um, And we might talk a little bit about like our relationship and a little bit about co-parenting and our kids and things like that. Um, But not going to get into the nitty gritty about our relationship. (laughs) So, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Right. Um, Okay. So the first, the question, the first question I want to ask you, um, Cody is, well, actually, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So (laughs) sorry, guys, like all over the place. Um, but before, um, we get into the interview, um, I want you to do an intro on you, like do an introduction. Like who is Cody? Where did you grow up? Like, what is your, I don't know, (laughs) just like do an introduction. Like, who are you? All right. Well, hi, everybody. Um, I am famous for being Caitlin's ex-husband and Harper and Daphne's dad. Um, and I, Tulo. Don't yeah. forget about Tulo. My firstborn, uh, Tulo. <laughs> um, yeah. I think my claim to fame is my relationship to you. So, Okay, but how, how old are you? Um, I'm 35 years old. I uh, live in a suburb of Salt Lake City. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of okay. kind of generic, but... No, that's good. We're going to get into it. So that's perfectly fine. Okay, well, perfect. So the first question that I want to ask you is, what was your experience becoming a first-time dad? Hmm. So when we had Harper, um, we were living with your mom, and 
I was in college. I wasn't working, so uh, I was basically a stay-at-home dad, and you worked while I tried to navigate college and a newborn. Yeah, I did have maternity leave, um, so my company graciously gave me four and a half months paid maternity leave at 100%. Um, I also, my company I work for also gives you a paid sabbatical. So every five years that you work there, you get a month paid off. So I, at the time I had worked there for, I think it was like five or six years. So I was able to tag my sabbatical onto my maternity leave. And so I was at home for like five and a half months after the birth of our daughter, which if you're, if you live in the U.S., um, you know that is literally basically unheard of. Like the, we have no paid maternity leave in the United States. Um, but I work for a company that does offer that and I'm so grateful. Um, so I was home for that time. But yeah, when I went back to work and this was pre COVID, so I wasn't work from home. I worked at an office. I went into the office every single day. Um, I was only working like part time. So I think I was working four days a week. Um, shorter hours, but yeah, you were kind of the primary care person when I went back to work. I sure was, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were, and I kind of like forgot about that, honestly, because it's been so long. Uh, I didn't forget about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very difficult. Um, you know, just I, I don't think there's anything that can really prepare you for being a parent. Um, you know, we thought, oh well, you know, we had too low, so that kind of you know, will give us some experience and, you know, dealing with another life, but nothing could really prepare you for that, you know, especially in, in college, um, which was a struggle in and of itself, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you bring up too low because when we, um, got too low, so we got to, we got too low the year that we got married. And at the time I was very baby hungry and we, I was 22 when we got married we live in Utah and if you're familiar with Utah culture, you know that like what people usually do is they get married really young and then they just start like popping out babies immediately. So that's why I grew up. My mom had, my mom and dad had six kids. And so I was baby hungry when we got married. You said, you said, let's get a dog first. We got too low and we also got another dog, Moses. He's my dog, my mom's dog now because we literally could not handle having two dogs. And that scared me from having kids. Like there was a time where I thought I'm not going to, I'm not going to have kids. Like I can't do, like I couldn't even like care for a dog. It was too stressful. So because of that, we waited. <laughs> have kids. And now I look back on that and I'm like, well, what was so hard about having a dog? Like that wasn't hard. I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was pretty hard, you know, having to figure out, you know, what we're going to do with them while we're at work. Um, you know, we, we thought that, you know, we should get two dogs so that they can keep each other company, but it was, it was very difficult. And I think it scared me even more from having kids as well. So, yeah. Well, and so what happened with Moses was we got to a point where we we're like, we have to give one of these dogs up. Like we have to give one of these dogs away. And that was really emotional because it's like, how do you, you have to like choose between your two children, <laughs> which one you're going to keep. It wasn't and, a choice. It was... And like, we just didn't know. We didn't want to just like give it to a random person. Anyway, so we asked my mom, we took little Moses, he's a little shorty. We took him over to my mom's house and we just like suckered her into taking him and she still has him and she loves him. Like he's 
the best companion. We take Tulu over there. They play. So it, it all worked out in the end. But yeah, that was kind of like our introduction to like being a parent for like a dog parent. And then, okay, so going back to Harper. So I want to talk about one thing. So I have a very vivid memory when Harper was a baby. Um, we were in the very early stages of newborn. This was our first child. Um, we, I, I can only speak for myself, but like everything that I thought parenthood was going to be was what it was not the way that I thought it was. Um, Harper was very colic. She would cry basically nonstop, like the first three months of her life. Um, and I just thought that we were doing everything wrong. But I remember one night in particular, we sat down, we were like really struggling with Harper. She you know, was struggling to eat. She's crying. Like we couldn't get her to calm down or whatever. And I remember like looking you in the eye and I have like a vivid memory. We were in the, our bedroom in, the, in my mom's basement. So really with my mom. Um, and she, and I looked at you and said, like, we're not having any more. Like it's one and done. Like I literally felt like, like it was so difficult and I was not prepared for that. So I'm curious kind of what your thoughts were like, what was your, um, what did you think parenthood was going to be like before we had kids? I mean, I really didn't have any idea. Um, you know, I know that you've talked about infertility with your followers and, you know, we struggle with infertility. It was, you know, a very heavy thing for our relationship, um, and life. Uh, I don't think people that haven't struggled with infertility really understand the toll it takes on you as a person and your relationship as well. Um, but, you know, taking pregnancy tests every month, you know what, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be negative and, you know, it's, it's very hard. Um, and then when you have, you know, a kid, you find out you're pregnant, you're very excited. It's your first one. But as soon as they're born, um, you know, it's, it's challenging because you are no longer living for yourself. So um, that's really one thing that I vividly remember is, you know, my whole life now is going to this kid and what am I going to do? Is this my life now or, you know, am I still going to have my own life? Yeah, I think that's so relatable because it's so easy to you lose yourself. And I think most parents do like, especially in those early days, you do lose yourself in parenthood. Um, you don't recognize yourself anymore. You don't have time to like do, you know, go do hobbies or go exercise or really care for yourself. And it's just really challenging to navigate. Um, well, okay. So I want to talk more about you and like get to know you a little bit more, too, kind of like the basics. So you said that you're, 30, oh boy. <laughs> that you're 35 years old. So how many siblings do you have? And then maybe talk about like your family dynamic. Um, so I was born in American Fork, Utah, uh, which is a suburb about an hour south of Salt Lake City. Um, but I grew up primarily in Colorado. I lived in Colorado Springs, uh, Pueblo, you know, Aurora. Um, I have a little brother, um, Josh. He is two years younger than me. Caitlin really likes when I talk about the tragedy in my life. No, and... <laughs> no, it's not that. The only reason I like can make jokes about it sometimes or like, it, like laugh about it is because of you, because you would right. do that. And at the beginning of our relationship, it would make me like, I was like, what? Like, this is a horrible <laughs> situation. Like what? And 
it was just your sense of humor. And I feel like I've adopted your sense of humor over the years where it's a little sarcastic, but I'm not really like a funny person in general, but it's just like the subtle humor and I got it from you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have a little brother. He lives in, in Florida. Um, you know, I have family spread out in Colorado, Utah, um, you know, the, um, the Northeast. Um, yeah. And then what, what about your parents? You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. No uh, pressure. I mean, no pressure, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, my parents were, um, divorced when I was very young. Uh, I grew up in a household with a lot of domestic violence, um, substance abuse, um, directed towards me, directed towards my mom. Um, it was a very, a very difficult childhood moving, you know, all the time and, uh, being the new kid in school, um, was very difficult. Um, so my parents got divorced when I was very young and we moved in with my mom's family in Utah. Um, and I, I mean, I'm kind of just rambling here. No, but... you're not ram- no, you're not rambling at all. So I think what's unique to you um, as well is that you're really close with your extended family. So you're really close with your aunt and your, well, you have two aunts um, on your mom's side that you're really close with. Um, so Cody's, um, both of Cody's parents are deceased, um, have passed. Um, I was getting to that. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to make the, like say that like your aunt is like basically has kind of been like a mother figure to you. And your aunt is actually our kids nana like our, mm-hmm. their grandma yeah um but they're but she's she's your aunt and so i think that's one thing that's really unique to you because i'm not um i'm not as close with my aunts and uncles as you are with yours and um and with your cousins like your cousins are like you're like you have the same relationship with your cousins that i have with my siblings like it's almost like your cousins are your siblings which i think is really cool sure um yeah i was very involved um i think because of you know the the issues that uh, I had in the household growing up, um, you know, I developed more of a relationship with my extended family. Um, I was around them a lot more. Um, I actually lived with one of my aunts in Colorado when I was in high school. Um, and yeah, it, it was a uh, very strange. I, I forget that, you know, like a lot of people, their relationships are a, a little bit different and my timeline is pretty messy. So, yeah, well, and then like one other thing I wanted to talk about, too, is like you dropped out of high school um, as well to kind of help your mom. She was a single mom at the time and needed some help. And so can you talk like how old were you when you dropped out of high school? Do you remember? Um, so I was um, I was 16 and my mom was. On disability, she struggled with chronic depression, um, so it made just everyday tasks very difficult for her. Um, you know, she was out of work, but you know, disability checks wouldn't cover uh, all of her expenses. So I dropped out of high school and got a job so that I could help her pay her bills. I think that's really cool, and obviously, it's like a it's very tragic, and a lot of people are unfortunately like faced with that decision um but i what i like um about your story is that you so you dropped out of high school when we met you were 19 and um you hadn't gotten your ged at that point but you Mm -hmm. did end up getting your ged you went 
to college and now you have a double major. Um, you went to mm-hmm. the University of Utah. Um, and so you were able, and I think that's really unique. I don't think a lot of people, you know, who have dropped out of high school, like can really, it, it's a challenge. Going to college is a challenge. In the United States, it's a challenge. It's very expensive. It's hard to get into a good school. Um, and you did it. And I'm really proud of you for doing that. And um, sorry, I feel like I'm speaking for you. No, you're but fine. like, I like want to talk you up because <laughs> that's not easy. Um, one other thing that you did is, oh, going back to college really quick. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Um, but you um, were the fir- you're the first person in your family to graduate from college. Yeah. Um, my dad worked construction. My mom um cleaned houses um yeah my i have military family as well on my mom and dad's side um and nobody went to college and it's funny that you bring up the ged so um i don't know if your followers know uh i work at a local public defender firm in salt lake city um you know when you see the shows and somebody's appointed an attorney because they can't afford one i work at a firm that does that um and a lot of people have their um, law degree hung up in their office. And my GED is actually like <laughs> framed in a really nice frame and hung up um, in my office because I'm very proud of it. Uh, but yeah, I went to college and a lot of you know my, my success and stuff is a direct result of you. Um, when we met, you know, I didn't really have a lot of direction in my life. Um, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself that, you know, I could do these things. And and you gave me that. And I, you know, I really appreciate it that, you know, you kind of helped me see what I could become, you know, and I'll always be thankful for that. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> I mean, but I'm not going to take credit. Like you were the one that went to school. You were the one that like took the test. Like I, I haven't graduated college, so... <laughs> Like, I can't take that credit for you. That's true. You have. Um, <laughs> hey, I got my associate's degree, and then this isn't about me. But <laughs> Caitlin is a college dropout. I'm a college so. dropout. No, I did get my associate's degree, but the reason why I didn't finish is just because I kept changing my major. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And this this is a podcast episode for like another day, and I talk forever about this. But yeah, I didn't. I'm I'm a college dropout. So there you go. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about. So talk about when you moved to Wyoming. Um, okay. Our timeline's getting a little, little weird. Well, here, it's, but, it's not totally, yeah. it's not chronological exactly, but it's yeah. like, okay, it's my notes. <laughs> yeah. So I, what was I? 20. Um, so to back up a little bit, um, my dad died when I was 16 years old. Uh, he was an alcoholic my entire life. Um, from a brain aneurysm, he had cirrhosis from chronic drinking. And then when I was 18, uh, my mom passed away from suicide. So, um, you know, I didn't really have like a lot of direction. And we talked about how, you know, I met Caitlin a year after my mom passed. Um, but I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. I was racking up a lot of debt. Um, I was just struggling with the passing of my parents. So, you know, I found myself, you know, about $30,000 in debt uh, when I was 20. Um, I think your and I's relationship was really off and on. And at that time, it was very off. So I had a friend that lived in um, Casper, Wyoming. 
So I moved up there to go work on the oil rigs um, to pay off my debt. And that was awful. Yeah. You did it for like, what? A, how long was it? It was a year. About a year. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. And then you got laid off. Yeah. It was the this be- was best in- day of my life getting laid <laughs> off from the oil rigs. Well, because this was in 2009. So it was like right after like the market. Like, I don't know if that's related or not. I'm not mm-hmm. an econo- economist. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so I don't know if it's related, but I remember there were like layoffs and you were like praying that you got laid off so you'd get like the severance and could just move back to Utah because it was just, I mean, that's obviously like really hard work. It's like negative 30 degrees out there in the winter. I went and visited Cody um, on his birthday and his birthday's in January. And I drove from Utah to Casper, Wyoming alone. And I got into, you know, like their air at like, just right outside Casper or something. And then there was literally just like ice on my windshield. I had pull over and I didn't, for some reason I didn't have like an ice scrape and yeah, it just seemed like just not the best area to live. Um, just cold wise. Sorry. I'm not trying to offend anyone that lives in Wyoming. <laughs> it's beautiful, but it's freezing. <laughs> uh, well, I'll take the blame for this. It's not that beautiful okay. and it's terrible. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I knew it paid really good money, um, but I pretty much worked nonstop for a year. Um, and at that point, you know, I had paid off all my debt. Uh, I had some money saved up. I knew that they were doing layoffs, and I was hoping I would get laid off because I would get severance, and then I could move back to Utah. Um, but yeah, when you came out to visit me, it's one of my favorite memories of you because I think I was trying to get back together with you. And I sent flowers to your work. Yeah. And you never responded to let me know if you got them or anything. Well, I wanted to surprise you. Yeah. And then you just showed up at my door. Yeah. Well, I called you when I was at that gas station and I'm like, I don't. And it was like before you had like a smartphone and Google Maps. Like I literally printed out MapQuest (laughs) on like a piece of paper like this. And like I was trying to figure out where to go there's this huge blizzard there's ice like on my windshield and so i ended up just calling you and being like hey i'm like 20 minutes out but like i'm stuck basically so you need to help me (laughs) help (laughs) um cool and then um okay one other thing i want to talk about is being emo so back in like is this got, got, gotcha journalism right <laughs> here? Like, what is no, this? No, I told you, we, like, it would be fun to talk about this because I was emo as well. Um, maybe I'll upload some photos. I don't actually don't know if I have any emo photos of you, but thank God. I think I have one, but I don't know. Anyway, okay. But okay, so you went viral on MySpace. It was like, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, viral before viral this was like in the myspace days back in like 2005 or 2006 or something so um you were like a really cool emo kid yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i yeah it was a a weird time um and yeah it's, it's kind of funny to think about i don't really talk about it when i have some friends that have pictures and they send them to me and you know, I try and convince them to delete those photos. Okay, but. well, I need to get a copy of those. So. <laughs> um, no, but I uh, we'll, we won't talk about this like too long. But I remember like I was kind of like a poser emo kid. Like I wanted to be like a cool emo kid, but I wasn't quite there. I def- actually I definitely wasn't there. 
but I remember you were one of the cool emo kids and like, you know, like everyone wanted to like hang out with you and, and that. I was a scene kid. Scene. Caitlin, scene. Is that, what, is emo like a, a emo derogatory is, Emo statement? is weaker. <laughs> you know, I wasn't a weak emo. I was a scene kid, which are cooler and harder. Oh, scene. Okay. Well, that's yeah. why I was never like in the, <laughs> that's why I was never in the scene because obviously like I don't know my jargon. I just. No, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just everyone that I hung out with wore the tightest pants ever, a million piercings, long black hair. Yeah. All the same bands. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many piercings did you have? Where, you know, your lips, both your lips, right? Snake bites. Mm-hmm. What they called it. <laughs> oh <my>. <laughs> the throwback. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't know that we were going to go into this on this podcast. Well, we're but... just going. Like, I have some notes. We just go where, go where it flows. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a funny story about that. So, um, when I was about 18, I was dating this girl and she came over to my house and, um, she was grabbing me a shirt out of my closet and she opened my closet doors and she just started laughing because all of my clothes were black. <laughs> I feel like that's like not a bad thing these days. Yeah, I mean, like it's very chic. Wearing all black is very chic. Yeah, but they were tacky band shirts, and you know, but oh, um, yeah, awesome. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and move on from that. <laughs> um, so just a couple more things. Um, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about. So, what about um your sobriety? So I know that you. Um, you're sober and you have been mm-hmm. posting that on social media recently. Um, so um, how did you decide to get sober? Um, I know it's a loaded question. I know it's not like one thing. Don't you don't have to get into like, you know, just do what you're yeah. comfortable with. Um, yeah, it's there's a lot to that. And I think it could be just, you know, take a I don't want to take this whole episode with that. But uh, yeah, I've been sober for almost five months now. Um, I have struggled with, you know, issues with drinking and drugs, um, since I was about 15 years old, um, which progressively got worse, you know, after losing my parents, um, I guess I never really learned healthy coping mechanisms. Um, but it kind of came to a head really after our divorce. Um, you know, I think when I first started, um, I was like, Hey, I'm going to get sober. It's going to be perfect. I'm going to get my family back together. Um, And I think, you know, as I continued with my sobriety, I started seeing these other benefits outside of that. You know, I became a much better father, uh, more patient, more empathetic, which is something I've never been as an empathetic person. Um, And my life is just profoundly better without alcohol in it. Um, Yeah. And now... You know, the the benefits are just great. You know, my, my relationship with my kids is the most important thing in the world to me. And I have a fantastic relationship with them. Yeah, I love that. Well, and I think that, I mean, you're a great dad, first of all. And you For always, sure. And always have been, <laughs> always have been a great dad. The girls would absolutely adore you. Um, I think with like substance abuse, I think it's a bigger problem in our society than... Um, what people lead on because it's obviously there's like a lot of shame with it. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of shame with, um, you know, substance abuse, alcoholism, alcohol is very, uh, romanticized, I would say. And like, I love a glass of wine. Like I love cocktail, like going out 
and doing that. Um, but I think that it's very easy for it to get out of hand. Um, it's like one, like it almost seems like one day it's like not a problem. And then like the next day it is, you know, like it's one of those things that kind of sneaks up on you. Um, so I think it's really awesome that you have been so transparent, um, and posting about, you know, your sobriety. And I know that people like so many people are behind you rooting for you, support you. Um, you know, it takes a lot of courage to admit, you know, that there's problems. So, um, I think that's great. Okay. Um, I think we're coming up like pretty close on time, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about co-parenting, um, with you. So, well, first of all, I got to ask is Daphne. So I've been struggling with sleep with Daphne for a long time. So we have made progress like in the last week. Um, I share about this on social media all the time. Um, but like, do, have you had any sleep issues with her or is it just something that happens in my house? <laughs> no, I think when they come to my house, um, you know, it's a little difficult at first, but um, yeah, Daphne sleeps in her bed. Just all night. All night she just- at my house. <laughs> Just me. Yes. She knows I'm a sucker. Just you. Yeah. <laughs> she knows I'm a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, co-parenting. Like, why do you think... I know this is like a question a lot of my followers get. It's funny because like I, I've been posting on social media for over three years. So way before our divorce. And I never wanted my account to become an, a divorce page. I didn't want my divorce to define me. Um, but a lot of people need support. And so it's kind of naturally happened. I get a lot of questions, um, I would say about co-parenting and how, how do you navigate co-parenting? We recently went on a a trip together, um, with my family, Cody came, um, we went to Disneyland. We do things like that. We try to be in each other's life, even though we're not together anymore. Um, so I guess my question is like, why do you think we're able to co-parent so well? And like, what advice would you have for people who, maybe are just in the thick of co-parenting and they're maybe struggling, um, having a good co-parenting relationship. Just what, do you have any advice for people who who are going through that? So I kind of want to use an example. So when we first had kids, we struggled with a lot of things, um, you know, with, with parenthood and, and nobody really talked about it. You would see people posting like these great things about how wonderful of a parent they are. And you're just thinking that's such bullshit. Like, Things aren't. Or thinking that you're not measuring up. That's how I felt. I felt like something's wrong with me. I didn't think it was bullshit. I was like, oh, my life is a mess. There's like everyone else has it figured out. Yeah. No, I I thought it was just bullshit because, (laughs) yeah, because I'm like, you know, know, I think we're fine parents, maybe not exceptional parents at the time. But, um, so with co parenting, you know, it's very difficult because there's a variety of reasons why people get divorced. Um, you know, relationships are different. So I think that our relationship is a little unique um, because it wasn't, you know, a super messy divorce. Um, we've, I mean, despite all of the issues we've ever had in our relationship, we've always loved each other. We've always cared about each other. We've always wanted each other to be successful. Um, and we've always wanted to do things that are in the best interest of the kids. So I think that's what kind of drives us um, at this point. So, um, yeah, it's it's very difficult because it, it takes two, you know, and people don't always have that. For sure. You said that, like, just so beautifully. Like, I don't feel like I 
really have anything to add because you just hit the nail on the head there. But it definitely takes two. And uh, yeah, I think that like we just want what's best for our kids. And um, we also just didn't have a messy divorce. Someone was asking me actually last night about like just our, you know, our attorney and like what that all looked like. We won't get into that now. But like we had, I mean, you hear about these horror stories about people being in litigation for years right? And like, that was just not the way that we approached it. And so I think that's one thing that kind of helped us as well is that we weren't fighting. Um, cool. Well, that, you know, I think kind of sums up um, Cody here. So yeah, and go and follow Cody. Sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to add anything else? Did I miss anything? That's all the notes that I had. But like, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Or I'm not really a person who I mean, this is the most public you know, I've ever talked about myself. Um, it's kind of a little uncomfortable just because I, I don't, I generally don't talk about stuff like this. Uh, I don't want people's, you know, sympathy or to feel bad. Um, so it's, it's a little different talking about myself. Yeah. Maybe, you know, again, one day about something else, but I mean, there's nothing I can really think of. Okay. Well, you can go and, Follow. Do you want me to plug you? <laughs> I have like 15 <laughs> followers, but sure. You can go and follow Cody. Um, his handle on Instagram is Cody4L. No. No. <laughs> at, at Cody James 4L. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. At Cody James 4L. Yeah. On Instagram. I also tag him when I do co parenting videos. And well, thanks so much for joining us today on the first episode of I Didn't Sign Up for This Podcast. <laughs> thanks for having me. This is, yeah. this is great. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can show your support for this podcast by clicking the follow button and leaving a rating and review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Honestly Caitlin.